0: To wait. Theresa May has survived for the time being at any rate. What about her Brexit deal? Well, that is a different matter. And if we do end up leaving the EU without a deal, how will business cope? Let's ask two businessmen, Nick Byron, who's managing director of the Reading-based company Bion Metals, and Christopher Nieper, who's the boss of the Derby-based women's wear manufacturer, David Nieper. Um, uh, Nick, you are worried because you don't know what's happening. What effect is that having on your business?
1: I think in practice, we're just sitting on our hands, holding back investments in putting more capacity. We are continuing to upgrade our existing capacity, but we're not really able to plan for what might happen in April, because we don't know what might happen in April. We don't know what we will need to do to export to Europe. Because in your case, what happens is that people, mostly in European
0: countries, send you metal in one form or another. You put holes in it and you send it back again. That's... Yeah, Pretty that, crude is that rough, rough description of what you do. That's what you do. Yes, yeah, we're specialist perforators. Right. What could they do that might affect that? Charge you some sort of tariff on the metal coming in or going out again or what? Well, my,
1: our biggest problem is we don't know what they're going to do, so we can't answer the question. But possibly they could charge us a tariff on the metal coming in and then charge us a tariff again on the metal going out. And then you get into rules of origin to how would you demonstrate that that was the same metal? And it just becomes incredibly difficult compared to the current situation where it's as easy as trading with anybody in the UK.
0: Hmm. Chris, you, you, you have um, the same problem in a sense. You don't know what's going to happen, but you've resolved it by investing. You've, you've actually built another factory.
2: Yeah, John, you're absolutely right. We've, we've taken the view this could be a terrific opportunity, in fact. So... We're actually going to open another factory in Britain and it will be our fifth factory and it will be the largest investment we've ever made in our 57-year history.
0: Why so confident then? Because you don't know any more than Mr. Byron does. What's going to happen?
2: Well, we are, are, as you very... uh, nicely introduced me we're a, a maker of women's fashion we design and make fashion and we buy fabrics in multiple different prints from different suppliers all over Europe and different colours we have staff in Europe as well and we also have 40,000 customers in Europe so what we're going to do is we're going to set up a new factory in fact it's almost ready to start which brings that part of the supply chain into Britain so we're going to print our own fabrics here and so instead of buying fabrics and then coming to britain every day or every week we can buy plain unprinted fabric in bulk every couple of months or so and just add the print just in time here in britain Mm. and Mm. that will then become much more efficient and more sustainable and more productive and of course it'll create more jobs in britain as well and add more value to the british economy
0: right but that's not the sort of thing that, that that you can do because it has to be the metal that you work with, has to come in from overseas.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I think the other thing is that the, the, um, because of our specialism, the UK market is quite small for us. So for us to grow and expand, we need to be taking business in Europe. And indeed, our new business that's come in in the last few years has come from Europe. It's not left it yet because uh, we haven't left. There's no problems. It's easy to do business as it was two years ago. But, uh, but we are... We are a a subcontractor, part of a supply Mm. chain. So we don't make a finished product. We are a service to um, other industries. We just provide our expertise. And and if there were, for instance, to be some sort of
0: tariff attached to the metal coming into you, uh, that would uh, be a very different story.
1: It could be significant. I I think the other thing is if there was a three-day delay at the ports who is going to pay the lorry drivers to do nothing for three days? Mm-mm. Currently, you know, if we load a lorry in the morning, it'll be in northern Europe in the afternoon. Um, oh. What would happen if it's there for two days or three days? I mean, the other aspect is it's the non-tariff barriers. It's not, you know, if there was a 3% tariff or something, I don't think that would matter, but it's the paperwork and the regulation and the control that goes with managing that. Th- I- isn't that, that something that would affect you as well, Christopher?
2: Well... Nick makes a very good point. Export is the main opportunity now. And we would also, of course, face tariffs if, if they're imposed. But I think the movement in currency has already compensated more than four times over for the tariff we're likely to receive. And the customs forms, as you say, or delays, etc., the non-tariff barriers, they can quite easily be overcome. We, we trade in Switzerland, and Switzerland is, of course, within Europe, but outside the EU, and they require quite complex customs forms and all the data. And what we've done is we've written a computer programme which runs overnight, every night, and has done for the last 15 years, and it supplies all the information directly into the customs. And we could do the same in any country in Europe, so I think this is all quite easily solvable.
0: Yep, just the politicians have to understand it all, don't they? Thank you both very much indeed, Nick Byron and uh, Christopher Nieper. Thanks both. Three minutes to eight, time for the weather with Darren Bett.